Well, I, I've chosen as the topic for our study this morning the supernatural. In fact, as I was thinking over my preaching plan for the year, I felt myself being drawn back to this topic again. It's not the first time I've preached this topic, not this sermon, but this topic in this church. And I want to tell you it will not be the last time I'll preach this topic in this church. It's an important topic and it's becoming more and more relevant as we see signs unfolding that tell us that Jesus is almost here. The supernatural or the occult, if you like. It is a subject, it is a topic, in fact the occult is a movement that is becoming all the more aggressive as time marches on and they are advancing their cause very strongly in every sphere of our life. And when I talk about the occult today, when I talk about the supernatural, I'm talking about forces of darkness at work in the world today. I, over the break, and I don't have this opportunity much as I've said to you before, I, over the break, was able to sit down and watch some television. Most evenings, well all evenings literally in my life, I'm out on the road studying the word with people who are hungry to hear about Jesus. It's a great life. But I don't get opportunity to watch television or to see what's going on at night. And over the holidays I was horrified and I can become horrified because, I'm, because I don't get the opportunity to watch television much. I don't get lulled into it perhaps like some others. And I was horrified to see that what is being advanced on the television today is uh, uh, programs that are deeply immersed in the occult, are immersed, are deeply immersed in darkness, in spiritualism, in witchcraft. And I saw it over this holiday break on the television like never before. I don't want to spend this entire study hour looking at the occult, but I want to share a few things that I found. One program called The Medium, and I ought to tell you right at the beginning of this study this morning, I never watch these programs. I see the ads for them on television, but I don't watch them. One program, Medium. And I want to read, I went to the website to find out more about this program, and I want to read you directly what the website says. It says, from Emmy Award winning executive producer, creator and director, Glenn Gordon Caron, comes Medium. A chilling drama series inspired, now listen, inspired by the real life story of research medium Alison Dubois. Emmy winner Patricia Arquette stars as a young wife and mother who since childhood has been struggling to make sense of her dreams and visions of dead people. Arquette received the Emmy in the Outstanding Lead Actress in this drama series category after the initial first 16 episodes. So here you have a program on television, on your television screens, on a major network here in Australia called Medium. It goes on further by saying, Alison Dubois, Arquette, is a strong-willed young mother of three, a devoted wife and law student who begins to... to sorry who begins to suspect that she can talk to dead people. There it is again. See the future in her dreams and read people's thoughts. 
This is the program called Medium. Fearing for her mental health, she turns for support to her husband, an aerospace engineer who slowly comes to believe that what is happening may be fair dinkum. The real challenge, this is, this is the blurb on the website, the real challenge is convincing her boss, D.A. Devilus, and other doubters that she can speak to the dead and solve crimes. And so this whole show, remember, based on a real life experience, based on a real woman, this whole show is about a woman who has the ability to speak to the dead and as she speaks to the dead, she's able to solve crimes. Now, I don't doubt that some of you who know more about this show than I do sitting here today. But I think I've, I've, I've reflected as accurately as I can what this program is about. Then I, then I see the, this next program, Ghost Whisperer. The actress, the lead actress of this program is Jennifer Love Hewitt, one of the more glamorous, beautiful actresses, uh, actors in Hollywood. And this is basically, again, about a medium who talks to the dead. I found this particular program chilling. In fact, it sent the hairs up on the back of my neck as I did some study on this. I had a look at the actual program that's going to air on CBS, one of America's main networks. This is the program going to air this week. After a man is killed in a triathlon bike accident, his fiancée attempts to take her own life. In an effort to save her, Melinda, that's the ghost whisperer, agrees to help the deceased fiancé talk her out of committing suicide while attempting to provide closure for the grieving fiancé. Look, basically this, and I don't want you to go and watch it, but this week's episode is about a triathlete. Oh, how I wish I was one of them. Yes, I do. Who gets killed, the fiancée, look, she's upset and you can understand that. And the medium, Jennifer Love Hewitt, contacts the dead athlete so he can speak through her to the fiancée and and encourage her not not to commit suicide. I found some things about this that were, were very disturbing. There are links to the site for this particular television show. And I found that the man behind this television show, this is one of America's and I believe Australia's top rating programs. Look at what's happening in our world today. The man behind this show that beams its way into billions of homes a week is a man by the name of James Van Pra. All the way through the website there are links to this man. Let me share some things about it. James Van Pra is a medium. In fact, he's possibly one of the top mediums in the world. There is a link and you can see the link. I've copied it straight from the website onto my computer. There is a link to him through this program. This program is being used as a hook to ordinary people to get them into the occult, to get them into darkness. In this link that went to James Van Pra, there was MP3 of a live seance. 
that James Van Pryor conducted. Now, I never pressed the link. I wasn't, I didn't have the courage. We need to avoid these sorts of things. But you could press the link and go to a live seance sitting in your home, in your office, wherever your computer is at home. I, I, I was also interested to see that, 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 there, were, that there were other links uh, there. There was, and you may see this here, they had what they call EVP recordings, recordings of dead people and you can press the recording and there's one story here and you can see it up on the screen of a girl who had, had lost someone whom she'd loved, her father, and they recorded the voice in a James Van Praa seance and the voice was her father. She recognised it as her father. All her friends recognised it as her father. This is on a link to a website advertising this program, Ghost Whisperer. But you know, it doesn't stop there. They have a link on there on, Is Your House Haunted? And they have 18 different questions that you can answer to find out whether your house is haunted. And if your house is haunted, this website tells you how to get in contact with the spirit that's haunting your house. And it, it, it just goes on and on. I, I think one of the things that perhaps disturbed me the most was their claim that one of JFK, you know who JFK is? John Kennedy's guards who was killed in the assassination attempt on the president. He's a man by the name of Hall. He was a security in security detail and somehow he got killed. I don't know whether it was in the hail of bullets or how, they never said. But this man, who was a security guard for JFK, haunts the set when they are filming the program that is then beamed into your homes. They talk about a spirit that is on the set, that appears, that gives them guidance and he is the spirit of this long dead security guard of JFK. And this is a program that is being advertised on CBS and being advertised on a network here in Australia as being kosher, as being for the family. And, and, and I, I could go on, I could talk about another program and I don't want to go too far because I want to get into the Bible. A program called Supernatural about two boys. Mothers killed by supernatural forces. This is another show. Father brings the two boys up as warriors who are taught by the father to fight the forces of darkness. And they roam around America. Well, their father disappears on a, a hunting trip, so they've lost their father and their mother. They roam around America in a 67 black Chevy Impala looking for their father while fighting the forces of darkness as they come into contact with them. And they're fighting demons and, and they're fighting devils and they're, they're fighting all these forces of darkness and being successful. And people are watching this as harmless entertainment. I could go on with the television. I could talk to you about Smallville. Chock a block full of the supernatural, a full, full of the occult. I, I could talk to you about charm. Again, full of the occult, full of spiritualism, of demons, of witches. I could go on and I could talk to you about the movies that are coming out on our big screens in surround Dolby sound. 
Harry Potter, they just keep coming out, film after film, breaking record after record, immersed in the depths of the occult, in the depths of wizardry and witchcraft. I could talk to you about Lord of the Rings and how I've scratched my head in wonder as I have seen some of God's leading men promote this film as a Christian film, one that all Christians should go and see because it will draw them close to Jesus. It is full of the occult. We should not, well let me not even go there yet, or Star Wars, that harmless fight between good and evil, full of occultic symbolism, full of spiritualism on our big screens. I was surprised and not a little little bit disappointed. You know, Reese Witherspoon reminds me of my wife. I like the look of her, do you? She's not quite as good as Diane. But she reminds me of Diane and I like her. I have liked and enjoyed many of her movies. She seems to be a clean, wholesome actress. She is a mother with two or three children in a, what seems a happy marriage, which is an amazing thing in Hollywood. And she brings out another one of these romantic comedies. And I'm a romantic and I thought, wonderful, another good one I'll be able to watch one Saturday night with my wife, the romance and... No flowers, but we'll enjoy this together until I found out that Reese Witherspoon, I'm a fan. Reese Witherspoon is playing an emergency care doctor who gets killed and a man moves into her apartment after she dies and she's haunting the apartment and the man and the dead girl Fall in love, Reese. What are you doing? I look at the shorts on my computer and it is, you know, straight demon possession. As Reese Witherspoon, acting this dead woman, jumped into the body of this man and took him over. Light entertainment that we are supposed to laugh at. Darkness. Things that are, that, that are coming to us from the world of media, saturating our minds, saturating our world in the occult. And I believe that what makes our culture so open to these approaches from the media is our misunderstanding of death. Let me tell you this, that the secular world misunderstands death. And I'll tell you this morning, the, the spiritual world, to our shame, the Christian world. Let me go further, the Protestant Christian world. We're a part of it, praise God. But the Protestant Christian world, not all of them, but most of them don't understand the nature of death. And if you think that after you die there is life, then you are open to these terrible, terrible temptations from these deceptions that our media is so powerfully forcing upon our culture. And for a few moments I want to just look at what God has to say about this amazing phenomena that is storming the homes and minds of people in our world. 
Turn with me to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. I know you know this very well, but I want to share it with you quickly. Important point here. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. This is the beginning of the world. This is creation. He said to the woman, you know, you remember the story, I know you know it. Eve was told not to leave Adam's side. She wandered away. God said, I've put a tree in the garden. Don't eat of the fruit of that tree or you will surely die. She wanders from the side of Adam. She, she finds herself in front of the tree and there is a beautiful serpent and it's talking. She should have known immediately there was a problem. Serpents, snakes, as far as I know, don't talk. Bible says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had said. And he said to the woman, now look, this is all about the phenomena of the occult that we are facing in our world today. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any, anything from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree, listen to this, that is in the middle of the garden, listen to this, and you must not touch it. Now this is God speaking. He says to Eve, you must not touch that fruit or you will what? You will die. That is God speaking. He says, Eve, you take the fruit, you will die. Well, you know the story. The serpent then contradicts God. He says, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God said, if you sin, you will what? He says you will die. I wish it wasn't true. I wish it wasn't like that on this earth. But if you sin, the Bible says, you will die. I've not seen any of you, as you've gone into old age, last more than 100 or 101, 102. My grandmother, you know, very old, almost 101, but eventually death got a hold of her. Eve ate of the fruit. And since she ate of the fruit and and Adam followed, we have been dying. Oh, I wish it wasn't so. But it's the truth of the matter. God says, if this world falls into sin, people will start to die. Satan says, if you sin, you don't die. You will live. Your, Your soul is eternal. Your body may die, but you will go on. And it is, I tell you, the same serpent that deceived Eve is the same serpent, and this is strong language, but it's the same serpent that's deceiving all those people out there in the secular world. And let me take it further. The same serpent that deceived Eve about death and said, if you sin, you will not die. He's the same serpent that's deceiving Christendom. And there's no excuse because the Bible is clear. God does not leave his children in the dark about what happens to you after you die. We hear a lot of the Christian churches and you see it on, in these movies and these televisions saying, well, well, yeah, physically you die but your soul goes on. Can't be. The Bible says in Genesis 2 verse 7, look at it in your Bibles. And the Lord God formed man... Of the dust 
of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. The body plus breath equals soul. Jeffrey, I want a hand here for a minute. Look at this. Here's Jeff's body. It's not a bad looking one for a 70 year old either. Actually, I think he's only about 50. (laughs) If Jeff went down to the beach and drowned, would his body still look more or less the same? Would it? What's gone? You know, when God formed Adam, oh, I hope he's got it on video and we get to heaven because I want to look at it. He formed and we'll pretend Jeffrey's Adam. He, he, He formed Adam with his hands out of clay. Most amazing thing. And then he bends down and he breathes into Adam the what? Breath of life. Have you seen somebody receive the breath of life? Who has? No one? No one's seen so. You have. You know, when little Hannah was born, when little Danae's born, are they born breathing? What happens? I believe that God bends down and he gives them what? The breath of life. And they begin to breathe. This is what a soul is. It's not some airy, fairy, ethereal thing that just floats off up into the the firmament into the skies. A soul is, according to the body, uh, according to the Bible, look at what it says. A soul is, what's this? This, what's that? Body plus what? Thank you, Jeffrey. He's a living soul. And when he dies, his what dies? His soul dies because his soul is him. If our soul goes to heaven, if the Bible is correct in saying that the soul is the dust of the ground, which is your body plus the breath of life, if your soul goes to heaven or somewhere else after you die, if I can come and haunt you, and perhaps there's some of you I would come and haunt. Not really. I'd keep an eye on my wife though. But if the soul went to heaven, you'd be able to go and dig somebody up And their body can't be there because the Bible says the soul is the body plus the breath. Breath, which is the gift of life, goes back to God. Bible is very, very clear on this. God does not want you, whom he loves, to be deceived. And I want to tell you that Ellen White says very clearly, that wonderful writer, that more people at the end of time will be deceived on this deception than any other. More than the Sabbath. More than the commandments, they will be deceived on this question of life after death. And the reason I keep coming back to it, because I don't want you, the people of Warunga, to be deceived. We are being saturated. It is being thrown at us so much. We are struggling to hold off the subtle barbs of Satan as he inflicts these untruths into our minds. And we need to go back to the Bible and we need to hold on to the Bible in these days and listen to what God has to say about death. So what happens to you after you die? I know that there are some scholars that want to take the book of Ecclesiastes out of the Bible. And why wouldn't they? Because this book talks more about death 
more plainly and more clearly than just about any other book where Solomon or the writer of Ecclesiastes says, but for him who is joined to all the living there is hope. And look what he says. For a living dog, which to an Israeli in his days was at the bottom of the food chain, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. Of course, I'd rather be a living dog than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die. There's not one of you here today, and it ought to sober you sometimes, that doesn't know you're going to die. For the living know that they'll die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred and their envy have perished. How clear, how much clearer does God need to be to the world, to the Christian world? What, why, why are we struggling to see this? Nevermore, the Bible says, will they have a share in anything done under the sun. And if you're being confronted with this truth for the first time, then you need to open your Bibles and see what God actually has to say on this important subject. So what happens to you when you die? an operation not so long ago on my knee up here in the sand. He said, now, the ana- what do they call them, the anathesist or whatever, he gives me, puts a needle in my arm, he says, now count backwards from 30. And I determined that I was going to stay awake. If you have ever had an operation, have you done that? I'm staying awake no matter what, mate. 30, 29, I'm staying awake, I'm, I'm wide awake, 28... Next thing I know, I'm waking up with a very sore knee. I'd been cut open and fixed. In fact, I'd been on the operating table for about two and a half hours. But it was just blackness. It was just nothing. It was just like I didn't exist. And when you die and don't be afraid of it, that's what happens. You go to sleep. It's blackness, it's darkness, it's like nothing exists because it doesn't for you and you are asleep in the memory of God until he comes because he loves you and the Bible says, read First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, he comes and he grabs you and he wakes you up. He wakes you up to life forevermore. So it's not such a bad thing. So who are, we're coming to a close now, Who are all these mediums, ghost whisperers, talking to? If the dead are dead, if they're asleep, whether they love Jesus or not, if they're asleep, if they know nothing, if their thoughts, their love, their envy have perished, like the Bible says, then who are these people talking to? I'll tell you, the Bible says very clearly that they're talking to demons and the devils and sometimes to Satan himself. And here is the problem with the occult. Because God challenges us in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10 and 11. He says, don't sacrifice your son or daughter. Well, that's the extremes of the occult and you better believe it's happening here in Australia today. Children. The innocent are still being sacrificed to pagan gods, to the devil himself. The Bible says don't do that, but then it comes home to us perhaps a little more in the 21st century here in Sydney because it says, and don't try to use, it says don't try to use, dare I say, don't watch, don't participate in any kind of magic or witchcraft to tell fortunes or to cast spells or to talk with the spirits of the dead. God says don't touch that stuff. 
Stay away from it. He goes on in Isaiah to say, when men tell you to consult mediums and spiritists, dare I say, would I be going too far to say, when men tell you, when ads tell you to, to watch and to consult with mediums and spiritists, to watch these programs on TV who whisper and mutter, the Bible says, should not a people inquire of their God? That's the point. That's the climax of what I'm trying to tell you this morning. The reason God is so offended The reason God gives us such prohibitions with the occult. Don't watch it on TV. Don't bring it into your home. Don't read your star signs. I praise God and I've told you before, I don't even know the star signs of my daughters. And I praise God for that. I avoid them. They were gifts from God. I'm not going to demons. I'm not going to the occult to find out either mine or their future when I can go to the high God of heaven. Don't go to these demons, to these devils who are cast from heaven, who are, who are doomed for eternal hell. Go to God. Should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living, the Bible says. And then we're finished with this wonderful text. To the law, to the Ten Commandments, and to the testimony, to the Bible. If they do not speak according to this word, it's because they have no light in them. These demons, these devils who are coming to these medians, James Van Pra has inside of him, is possessed by many demons. Why would I go to James Van Pra? Why would I click on a link on my computer, on the internet, to go to a man who's being led, God, God help his soul, by the devil, when I can go home into my study and open the Bible and find Jesus and all the leading I need in my life there. Why go there? I want to tell you as I close that Jesus desires deeply your fellowship. He longs for it. And yes, as the Bible says in many places, he is a jealous God. He does not want to share you with demons and devils. He does not want to share you with beings whose whole purpose is to hurt you and to cause you pain and to lead you down the deep road, the deep dark road of darkness to hell. Jesus doesn't want to share you with those beings. He doesn't want to share you with that way. Jesus wants you for himself. He wants to fellowship with you because he loves you deeply and there's no greater joy than he gets in being with you. And so let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, to turn your TV off. As Jesus convicts you to throw those books out, as you fellowship in the love of Jesus, to avoid at all costs in your home, in your family, in your workplace and most importantly in your mind to avoid at all costs. Let me encourage you to avoid at all costs the occult and to invite the lovely Jesus to be in your heart. Let me encourage you to enjoy fellowship with him and it will be fellowship that will go beyond death and will go into eternity. I pray that for you this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you in the Bible that you are so clear on these things. But yet, Lord, they assault us, the occult in movies, exciting, adventurous movies, in television shows with beautiful people, Lord. It is assaulting our senses.
And it's very difficult for us. God, look, it is. I feel it. I'm experiencing it. It's difficult for us, God, at times to resist the lures of what Satan is assaulting us with. Have mercy on us, God. Clear our minds and give us courage and give us God-given wisdom, Lord, to know the truth from error and to stand tall for you. Dwelling in your fellowship, awaiting your return. Through your grace may this be our experience, every one of us I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand and sing this beautiful song which really epitomises everything I've been trying to share with you this morning. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. What a fellowship it is, what a joy it is to be in the everlasting arms of Jesus to walk with him. Let's stand, it's hot, oh I know it's hot, but let's stand and sing this song with enthusiasm and vibrancy, thanking the Lord that he's invited us into his fellowship, into his presence.